You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are providing some updates on NASA's Perseverance rover mission, and I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast Associate Professor of Planetary Sciences, Bryony Horgan. Bryony, welcome back. How are you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, excited. We, you know, we talked last year uh, and told you, I said, I wanted to have you back on, just kind of get some updates on how this mission is going. So here we are in 2021. Um, and so it, this is exciting. I just, I know it's kind of early still in what uh, uh, Perseverance is doing up there, but there's still things to talk about and things that have been learned and whatnot. So excited to get into that. Uh, before we do that real quick, uh, just kind of reintroduce yourself to our audience for anybody who may have missed uh, last episode. Sure, yes, I'm a professor of planetary science at Purdue and I'm on the science team for NASA's Perseverance Mars rover as well as the Curiosity Mars rover that's still up there trucking along and uh, I study the geology of Mars, which is a lot of fun. That is exciting stuff. Uh, and then also just kind of remind people as well what the Perseverance rover, Perseverance Mars rover mission is. Yeah, so the Perseverance is uh, the newest Mars rover. It just landed back in February, and it's been exploring ever since. Our big goal with this mission is to actually try to search for signs of ancient life on Mars. So we're, you know, looking at rocks that were laid down in an ancient lake, we think, on Mars billions of years ago, three or four billion years ago, to try to understand whether or not Mars ever hosted ancient microbial life. And we're really excited about this mission, and it's going great so far, but it's because this is really, we think, our, our best shot at trying to understand whether or not there has ever been life outside of Earth. So this is one of the things that NASA is really betting big on is that this rover can, can figure that out. That's really cool. And how did you get involved again? Yeah, so my, uh, I've been a Mars scientist for the last oh, uh, 10, 15 years now. And so uh, my expertise is mostly looking at Mars from orbit. Uh, but then the last 10 years, I've managed to get on both the Curiosity and Perseverance Mars rovers to help bring that down to the ground and, and understand the geology. And so I was actually on the original proposal for the MassCam Z cameras that were competed for the mission. And so I work uh, with the camera data coming back from the rovers. You know, we help actually make beautiful mosaics and analyze it. And we actually get, get some uh, cool compositional data from that data as well. So uh, we, we have worked together to get all that done. That's awesome. And of course, we talked last October. So that was uh, after the launch back in last July. So almost approaching a year anniversary of the launch. And, but, but before the landing in February. So take me back to last February and just the, the excitement, the nerves and all the emotions as you're watching uh, the, the rover land. Uh, it was such a crazy experience because, you know, you don't really know. You've been working on this thing for, you know, 10 years and you're, you're hopeful that everything looks great. You know, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory engineers are incredible and they've just done all kinds of amazing things all over the solar system. But landing on Mars is extremely tough, right? It's very hard. As we like to say, you know, there's just enough atmosphere on Mars to slow you down, but not to slow you down all the way. So we have to use this, you know, kind of crazy contraption to get us to the surface that involves, you know, a heat shield and uh, and a jet pack and a parachute and all these things just to get us down. And so it's really nerve wracking. We called it, we, we call this uh, time it takes to get to the surface of seven minutes of terror because it's, it's a lot. And so, I mean, we were all really excited and really hopeful, but I think what was I think really telling is that as soon as we got word that you know we had wheels on the ground successfully it was just huge I mean, excitement but also huge relief right because it is it's really it's totally out of your hands the rover does it entirely on their own and so it's you're just waiting and so it was really exciting but a huge huge relief we made it down safely that's awesome i remember when we were talking last time uh, back in october about the seven minutes of terror and the big parachute that's never really been fully tested so did, right. from your guys' perspective everything go as planned as planned and even better, honestly, one of the really cool things about this landing system was that 
Uh, for the first time, this rover actually has the ability to, uh, to kind of fly itself through the air as it's landing, to actually map the terrain below it, compare it to what we have from our satellites in orbit and pick a really safe landing spot. And it turns out the rover, it picked the safest possible spot it could, and it landed within a meter of the spot that it, it wanted to land. In. And so it's just uh, the accuracy, you know, coming from hundreds of millions of miles away to land within a meter of where the river wanted to land is, is just incredible. So we're really happy with how, how everything went. Yeah, incredible. A great way to describe it. I remember watching it uh, come and land on the, the live stream uh, last February and just being amazed. For those who might not kind of understand how significant this is or how hard it is to, to do what you guys have done so far, kind of describe that. Yeah, I mean, so this, uh, these rovers, right? I mean, they're, for one thing, they're huge, right? These rovers are the size of a small SUV. And that's because they're incredibly capable machines. I mean, they can, we, uh, Mars Science Laboratory had a whole geology laboratory with the mass spectrometer and all that in the inside. The Perseverance rover is incredibly complex. You know, we have all kinds of amazing instruments that can map out the surface at, you know, the scale of a grain of salt, looking for signs of ancient life. And pulling that all together in, in one rover, you know, getting it all, you know, pulling, you know, decontaminating it, you know, trying to get it all together on time during a pandemic, right? Uh, getting it all shipped across the country to, to Florida to launch on time. I mean, it was just a huge, huge success. And I think NASA is extremely proud of how well everybody operated under a huge amount of pressure during, you know, a universally really hard time. So we're, we're really happy with everything. Yeah, no kidding. Congratulations to you and the team. I mean, that's so awesome to see uh, Atlanta successfully and everything that's uh, happened so far. And just uh, as the plan is continue to move forward, I know we're very early into this, only, you know, what, roughly, what, six, seven months, if not, not even that, really, in so far. So there's not a lot you can say you've discovered or learned yet because it's too early, but maybe just anything that you have seen so far that's just been kind of cool or that you're able to share at this point. Yeah, well, I'll say everything's going great with the rover. So we're just finishing up uh, sort of all of our testing and calibration activities. And our last really big one that we have to do is testing out our sampling system for the first time. We're hoping to do that really soon. In the next couple of weeks, we're just about to drive up to the site that we hope we're going to do it at. And so that's coming. And that's kind of the last big thing that has to happen. And that'll be our first time we take a sample, which is really ultimately the goal of this mission. You know, we're looking for signs of ancient life and we have all these great instruments on board that can help do that. You know, looking for signs of organic molecules and all of that. But to do this well, we have to bring the samples back to Earth. And so taking these samples that we can save, collect, and then eventually send back to Earth on another mission is a, just really it's the most important part of this mission. And so we're doing that for the first time, again, in hopefully a few weeks. Hopefully we'll have lots of great images of that first core coming out of the ground uh, really soon. So that's coming up. But, you know, it's just it's really been the whole time has just been amazing. This rover has operated so well. We've gotten to the point where we can actually have it drive semi-autonomously. And so we can have it drive, you know, because these rovers operate on their own, right? We send them instructions and they go off and do things for a day and tell us how it went. And so now we're to the point where we can tell the rover, you know, we want to go over there 150 meters, you know, drive that way and it'll figure it out. It's amazing. And so that's going to make this mission a lot more possible that it can do a lot more on its own. But I got to say the best thing so far has been the views, right? The We've gotten amazing images down. We landed in this beautiful location. It would 100% be a national park anywhere on earth and the views or anything that we, you would see at a rival, you know, Monument Valley, anything like that. Huge, you know, we have this big mountain range in the distance. That's the, the rim of Jezero Crater that we landed in. It's about 15 or 20 kilometers away. We have this big ancient dried up delta, river delta that we're going to drive up to in the next few months, hopefully. Uh, and that we can just beautiful cliffs running all along it and rocks falling off of them and beautiful layers uh, of the rocks, the crazy pitted rocks and all these things all over the floor of the crater. So one of the things we're trying to figure out right now, the big science that's really going on is what, what are the rocks we landed on? That's what we're trying to figure out. 
did we land on what looked like from orbit to be basically a lava flow on the ground? It doesn't really look like it. So we don't think that's what it is. So is it maybe an ash deposit or is it, is it ancient lake deposits that are connected to the ancient lake and delta that we think was in this crater? So that's what we're trying to figure out. We've made a lot of great observations, but we're just going to get our first, uh, we're going to be able to actually drill into the rocks for the first time when we take our sample and we're going to learn a lot more when we do that. So we're, there's going to be some great science coming out of the mission in the next couple of months we're really looking forward to. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, talk about that anticipation. I mean, I, I, you're kind of already saying you're sharing that excitement. <laughs> I, I can hear it in your voice just uh, as you kind of describe this as you guys approach the sample collection. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. We're really excited because it's, re it's really, you know, again, it's the big thing the mission is trying to do. So if we can do that successfully and get a really great view of what the rocks look like on the inside, you know, that'll, that'll make a huge difference. And again, I just remind our viewers, I remember this last time I was kind of surprised, and but also it makes sense. Uh, you know, we live in an instant gratification world, but it's going to be years, I believe you said, maybe even a decade before some of these samples may even make it back to Earth to be studied. Is that correct? Yeah, which is crazy because for on our part, we're actually we're in a huge rush to get the samples taken and get them dropped off in a depot that a future rover can get them. So our, our mission from NASA is to finish our first round of sampling inside of the crater in this ancient lake environment within the next three years. And that's <laughs> there's a lot we have to do to do that. So we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, so the plan is that uh, it, uh, I think the soonest would be about 2026 that we would launch a joint set of missions with the European Space Agency, so ESA and NASA working together to launch a set of missions to bring these samples back. And this is extremely hard, right? We've never brought samples back from another planet before. We brought samples back from the moon with robots, with you know, uh, the Apollo astronauts, but samples from another planet is a whole different thing. We've never launched a rocket off another planet before, right? And so to do this, we have to uh, send a mission that can drop off a little rover to go pick up the samples that we collected. It has to bring them back to a launch platform that launches a, a little rocket with these samples on it into space. That has to rendezvous with a satellite in space that then takes it back to Earth and lands on Earth. So it's this whole series of things. We've been talking about doing this, you know, on Mars to get this, these incredible Mars rocks back for 60 years now. We haven't done it because it's just hard. But now that we have, you know, the Europeans getting involved, that'll help bring the cost down. We can help spread the load. And we're going, we know we're going to have fantastic samples that are being taken by Mars 2020. And so I think I'm really hopeful. There's a little bit of money going toward R&D for this mission already. And so we're hopeful it'll happen 2026 or a few years after that. That's awesome. I'm so grateful that we have smart people and patient people like yourselves and the people at NASA. <laughs> To, to do this thing because I mean, it does it's, I mean like you said it sounds hard <laughs> but it's it's incredible and, and and speaking of just talk about like you know how important this research is and why you guys are doing this oh for sure I mean so also I think you know the biggest question one of the biggest questions in science is are we alone and there's lots of people working on this from different perspectives you know people that you know the traditional kind of steady approach listening to radio waves looking for signs of intelligent civilizations we have uh, spacecraft out there looking for signs of oxygen in the in the atmospheres of planets outside our solar system. But the big thing we can do in our solar system to help answer this is understand even just the most primitive forms of life, things like microbial life. You know, how common are they? Is microbial life even present outside of the Earth? Did it evolve anywhere else? And so we think Mars is our best bet for doing that because we, we know from our orbital data and our other rover missions that Mars used to be a pretty Earth-like place. It used to have flowing water, rivers, lakes, maybe even oceans and that it was a place where life could have thrived. And so we're hopeful that if we go to these, these rocks that were laid down in these ancient watery environments that life could have lived in, that we'll find signs that microbes once lived there. And you know, if we don't, that's also an incredibly important result, right? Because that tells us that, wow, Earth is even more special than we thought. Mm, yeah, for sure. And, you know, between the, the launch, the landing, the images you've talked about, what's been the most exciting part for you so far? 
Oh, you know, honestly, I just love getting up every day and just seeing the new images come down. We drive up to a new place, get these new beautiful views around us and being able to dive in there and say, oh, I want to look at that rock closer and being able to do that is just, it's really satisfying. So it's been really great. And, you know, seeing where we're going to go, it's just going to get better from here. We kind of landed in the bottom of this crater and we're going to start climbing, right? We're going to climb up on top of this delta. We're going to climb up onto the crater rim. We're literally going to climb up over a mountain chain at some point. And so the views are just going to get better and better as we go. And it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. And you, you kind of talked about what's immediately next as these samples are going to be collected here soon. Outside of that, you know, what's in the big picture, what's coming up? Yeah, so the big thing we're hoping to do by the end of the first year of the mission is to reach this ancient delta, because that was really the reason we went to this landing site to begin with. Deltas are really great. They, they trap the kind of muds that are on the bottom of the lake. They kind of flow out over them and trap them there. And that's where we expect to find organic materials and other stuff laid down by life. And so that's really, really the big science goal. And we're hopefully going to be able to start moving toward that once we get these samples and explore a little bit more of where we are right now. But that's really the next big thing. We're hoping to get there uh, within the first year of the mission or so. That's awesome. And there's obviously so much more to this than the 15 minutes we've been talking, Bryony. But so if people are listening to this episode and just want to learn more or see more, where would you direct them to go so they can just find out more about this uh, mission? Yeah, so NASA is fantastic at social media. They have, you know, every single social media thing you can possibly have, they have. There are great Twitter accounts. The Perseverance Rover has a Twitter account. You can see the new images coming up. We also haven't even talked about the helicopter, right? So we still have a helicopter on Mars. It's still taking images. It's really incredible. You can see those uh, from the Perseverance Rover Twitter account too. So definitely check it out. Try following some of those NASA accounts because they're, they're just, it adds a little bit of beauty to your day every day. That's so cool. Awesome. And hey, as we're wrapping up, anything else that I failed to ask that you want to talk about? No, just that, you know, it, it's great to be, I'm back in my office at Purdue, which is great. You're back, you know, on campus working and it's been great to see everybody here and things are slowly getting back to normal. And it's been really exciting to, to share what's going on with the mission with everybody in person now. Yeah, Finally. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I talked uh, with the professor last week, you know, or a couple weeks ago about just, you know, uh, the cradle of astronauts and, you know, all those, uh, his labs and stuff and, you know, how important it is to get back to actually be able to do these labs in person. I assume the same for you, just be able to, to be with people in person looking at these things. It's just oh, for sure. <laughs> significantly better than doing it over Zoom calls like we're doing right now, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can get a lot done via Zoom, but it's so much better in person. Awesome. Brian, thank you again so much for your time. It's exciting uh, um, uh, uh, mission here and just getting to like, continue to learn from you guys and learn from you and and to see uh, the discoveries that are coming. I'm excited to see what happens over the years. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again. So. All right, you take care and you boiler up, okay? Okay, thanks so much. You too. All right, bye-bye. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.